0: A church that serves the Lord. We are a church that is interdenominational in our approach to reaching other people. Um, on the, the cornerstone of the, the church in Angelus Temple, it says, Committed to the interdenominational uh, evangelism, um, worldwide evangelism is what that is. So, you know, we, we reach across denominational lines. We are four square. We believe Jesus Christ is our Savior, He's our healer, baptizer in the Holy Spirit, soon coming King. Um, but you can see the, the reach that we have around the world. Amen. Isn't it great to see that we're in four squares in so many countries with the whole purpose of preaching the gospel? And church, I want to tell you, we have to be, we must be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work that God has called us to here in Mooresville, or wherever it is that you live around Mooresville, and to the world as well. As I was looking at that video, I want to see how, how do we fit into this mold? How do we fit into taking extraordinary means to reach people? Are we willing to go in countries that have not been open? And of course, we see some of those areas where we have been and where we are. Going to Niger, giving in Jamaica, all these different things that we're able to do, and, and even here in our community to be involved. Church, I want to applaud you. Uh, in your ministry, and your work. Your work is your ministry, so just uh, you're part of the Great Commission. And uh, we want to talk about this today. You know, we're continuing in our, our series called Hungry for God. And today we're talking about the power of spiritual uh, passion in this. To catch us up real quick, we've talked about there's a prerequisite for spiritual passion the amount of your emptiness will determine the amount of your filling. So we say, God, empty us of who we are so that we may be filled more uh, with more of you so we can do the job. The price, God will test our hunger for him by what we are willing to sacrifice, again, for the kingdom. Uh, week three was patience. When you wait on the Lord, he will give you new strength. Week four, crisis. We talked about how uh, crisis causes us to remember God and to be humble. I want to... Um, Also, just quickly highlight something before we get into this message. This is all flowing um, together today just from our conference. By the way, I just want to thank you for two things. One, for sending Stasha and me uh, to the conference. Our boys were able to tag along as well. Um, You know, the church budget enables us to go to to Foursquare Conference. And what Foursquare has done over the past couple of years is also sent a portion of our tithe back to us. With the purpose, we can't use that money for building improvements. We can't use that money for have come back for developing leaders. We were able to take Matt and Jen and Doug and Lisa as well, who are licensed uh, Foursquare ministers, and uh, they've just expressed over and over thank you, you know, f- specifically with the council for you know just using that money for that designation uh, so that they could go as well being licensed Foursquare ministers. There's things that we voted on while we were there involving our president and just uh, the structure of the organization. And I just want to tell you today, Foursquare is extremely healthy spiritually, financially, missionally. Our church is on a great track. And over the next few weeks, we'll be sharing things. I'll tell you, there is so much that is downloaded into us right now, we can't possibly share it all even in one morning. Uh, Typically, what I like to do is take some of the teachings and, and present them on Wednesday night. So that's what we will be doing in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll get that started. And, uh, but I just want to tell you, the Foursquare Church is alive and well, winning people for Jesus, baptizing them in water, baptizing them in the Holy Spirit. Uh, of course, Jesus does that, but you know, we're instruments that he is able uh, to use in this. Now, while we were there, our president is Glenn Burris Jr. Some of you may have heard of him. Some of you may have even been at his church when he was down um, many, many years ago. Uh, at the Grace Covenant Church, which is now the large church off of Exit 25 uh, down there. That's Four Square Church as well, and being so busy. um, But he was invited to the Vatican to pray. And I want to tell you what is going on within the Catholic Church. Um, Let me make sure I'm on the right thing. So he was invited. What the Pope is calling for, and I want you to listen to this, Okay. He is calling for a charismatic revival within the Catholic Church. Praise God. We can thank God for that. A charismatic revival within the Catholic Church. Here's what he says. The first speaker up, and he has a picture here. By the way, you can go to my Facebook page, or if you are friends with Glenn Burris on Facebook, you can go see everything that's happening, pictures of him with the Pope and all these different things. But the first speaker up, Is encouraging a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit and an expectation that God will show up. He is unashamedly talking about speaking in tongues and visions and dreams. This is all in the book of Acts, saying, In the last days I will pour out my spirit. And here we have, on all people, and here we have a representation of four square, uh, of charismatic leaders. It wasn't just Glenn Jr., but charismatic leaders all around the world who the Pope invited to the Vatican. Um, wow, I saw Pope Francis listening and, uh, intently and clapping affirmatively. This is amazing. This is happening. Hashtag same team. Strong way to pray. So this just isn't uh, a Pentecostal charismatic movement that's happening. This is first of all scriptural what we believe, but it's being recognized. Also, Pope said this, The blood of the martyrs send a message. Those who kill them don't ask if they are Protestant or Catholic. They just ask them if they are Christians. And that's what unites us, is Jesus Christ. That was his quote. Another thing, Uh, This is Acts chapter 2. We'll read a portion of this in just a moment. This is from uh, President Glenn Burris as well. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. By the way, this is Pentecost Sunday On on the church calendar. This is Pentecost Sunday. We celebrate that. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And here's a prophetic quote from, uh, from uh, President Glenn Burst that he sent out yesterday just at lunchtime. He said, I believe in the God... I want you to listen closely to this, okay? And I want you to receive this. I believe in the God who will open up the windows of heaven, release rivers of living water, and send miracles. I believe in the God who will open up the windows of heaven. Can I get an amen? amen? Release rivers of living water. Do you receive that? And send miracles, fresh wind, tongues of fire, visions, dreams, and more to accomplish what is needed during these days to finish the Great Commission. No obstacle will stand in its way to finish what He has started, and no option opinions will stop what His Spirit has begun. Bring it, Lord. Church, we are living in exciting times. We are living in times of the miraculous. We are living in times where God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh, and I want to be a part of that all flesh category. I don't want to be one who inhibits His outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be the one who says, God, look what you're doing through Matt. God, look what you're doing through Danny. That's nice what you're doing. I want to say, Lord, use me too. God, enable me to be a person who is so full of your Holy Spirit, who is so empowered that I'm seeing on a daily basis people come to know Jesus Christ. That on a daily basis people are being healed. That on a daily basis people are being filled fresh with the Holy Spirit. That me on a daily basis, I am being filled fresh with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you agree with that this morning? God, let it be here. It's Pentecost Sunday. We have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason. I've got my hanky section down here. They're waving them. There's a tissue in front of you. Well, I want to talk to you about the power of spiritual passion. Think about this for a moment. Motion does not always equal progress. Motion does not always equal progress. What do I mean by that? Anybody ever been on a treadmill before? You're walking, but you're not going anywhere, are you? You're in a room. You're moving. You're burning calories. You're walking miles. By the way, while we were in New York, um, the first day we walked almost 12 miles around that city, just seeing. You know, we went up a little bit early to do some sightseeing. Uh, we're able to get up there, but we walked 12 miles the first day. What I say? New York. Yeah, Washington DC. Stasha's going to New York. My mind's right there right now. But um, man, we, we were walking, and Doug was leading us most of the time, and we were walking fast and, and we were having fun. We were enjoying it. But we were we were gaining ground. It wasn't a movement inhibited thing. We were gaining ground on that day, walking around the White House, all the monuments. Matt and I uh, went back to the hotel and I thought we were going to burn it up, but it took us forever. It seemed like to get back about an hour walk, you know, just to get to the hotel. But anyway, we had, we had motion that was uh, going on while getting friends out. How many of you are my racing friends out there, right? You ever, you've, you've seen dyno machines, haven't you? Does everybody know what a dyno machine is? A dyno machine is this, uh, they have a couple barrels uh, that are on this platform, and you put your car with the power-driven wheels, so you it's the back wheels, on this dyno machine, on these barrels, and uh, you rev up the engine. You will see how fast you can get the wheels to turn, and that will tell you how much horsepower your car has now. You you may be your speedometer may say you're going 120 miles an hour, producing uh, you know 300, 400, 700 if you're NASCAR, 800 if you're NASCAR. Um, you may be producing that much horsepower, but you're not going anywhere. So we can have motion without progress. The same thing can happen in our spiritual walk. We can be reading the Bible. We can be in church, like you're here this morning, but maybe you felt, Lord, I'm just not getting anything. I don't feel that I'm going anywhere. I'm the, the same place in my spiritual walk as I was two, three, four years ago. So motion, even spiritually, does not always equal progress. The missing ingredient that limits us in this area of church, and I want to be very open about this today, and I want to challenge you in this today. If you are at a place in your life where you feel stale, the missing ingredient is the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. You may be thinking, yeah, but I can remember back when I was 15 years old, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and a filling there. It's an every we wake up and we say, fill me, Holy Spirit, afresh with power. That's Acts chapter 2 that we'll get to here in just a moment. Fill me, or Acts chapter 1. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Because He turns our efforts into progress rather than a routine. You ever feel stuck in a rut? You know, you're working the same job. uh, You're coming home taking care of the kids or whatever your life involves, but you're stuck in a rut. The Holy Spirit moves what we learn from information in our heads to transformation within our heart. That begins to move out of us. Now, back in the day, Pentecostals, we called this Holy Ghost power. You know, if you've been in in church for a while, it was the Holy Ghost fire, the Holy Ghost. And you got to growl with your voice when you say it. hanky section over here, holy ghost power. You know, that's how we, yeah, practice that if you would. No, I'm just teasing, you don't have to do that. But we called it the holy ghost power that would move uh, within us. Now, we may not use that term as often now. That was something, that was a big term, uh, and the Bible even uses that as well. We we may call it holy spirit empowerment today. And I cannot um, do the work of the kingdom without the empowerment of the holy spirit. You know what will happen? I will burn out. Have you ever faced burnout in ministry before? And I'm speaking from experience. I experience burnout when I am not seeking the presence on a daily basis of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm trying to operate in my power. I'm trying to make Miss Debbie happy in my power. I'm trying to, you know, make sure that you're all happy in my power. I'm trying to, to pull you along in my power. Instead of allowing the power of the Holy Ghost... Of the Holy Spirit to operate in my life, the book of Acts uh, was written to show the holy uh, power of the Holy Spirit at work. See, the Holy Spirit is very is a very important part of the Trinity, yet the most misunderstood or the most limited in teachings. But the Holy Spirit is important. When Jesus left his disciples and ascended to heaven, what did he tell them? He says, I can't be with you forever, but I am sending my Holy Spirit to you. He will be the one who will endue you or to bestow upon you that power. How many of you have had Jesus walking beside of you on this earth? Kind of like Matt, stand up just for a moment. Pretend that Matt's got a great, none of us have why is that because jesus is at the right hand of the father he sent us his holy spirit thank you matt to walk with us and yet he's the most misunderstood because we do we kind of get scared i'll be honest i get scared or have had times where i've been scared to talk about the holy spirit or especially when you say the holy ghost I don't like ghosts either, right? Now, I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But I will tell you, evil spirits are real. We need the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus said things like this. In my name, you will cast out demons. And I guarantee you, you have run up against a demon in your lifetime. Maybe you didn't know it. But I will guarantee you, there's an evil spirit that is at work within this world. There's a reason that I need the Holy Ghost. That's the reason I need the Holy Spirit to be empowered by him. Now, not only so that I can be an effective witness, which is primary, but also that I can battle the kingdom of darkness. You are a soldier. You are a soldier in the army of God. And God has given us his spirit. Information that you're receiving today, you're hearing the word go forth. This is information that you receive on Wednesday. You receive it on Sunday. You receive it on the radio if you're listening to ministers on the radio. or It becomes religion. So my hope is that what you hear today becomes not just information that you receive, but it, it transforms your life because if it's just information you receive, it becomes a religion. Religion oppresses people because it says, oh, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, and it looks down on people, right? So you know all this information, but I have to ask, Holy Spirit, am I allowing you to minister through me in power? In power. What am I talking about when I say power? When was the last time we laid hands on the sick and they recovered? Well, we've seen that happen here at the church, but I want to tell you something. I may be getting ahead of myself, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm sorry, Sarah, I'm not even with my notes right now. Um, Let me, I'm going to wait on that just a moment. I'm going to wait on that. The job of the Holy Spirit is to make real the truth of God in your everyday life experiences. Let me say that again. The job of the Holy Spirit is to make real the truth of God in your everyday life and experiences. The Holy Spirit is not a negotiable in your life, church. He's not negotiable. The purpose of the Holy Spirit's power. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit would usher in a new way of operating in God's kingdom. We are in the new kingdom now. It started in the Old Testament. I'm sorry, it started in the New Testament with Jesus here when he began to usher in the new way of doing things by being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, if you want to turn there, we'll be going through the first couple chapters in Acts here. But we're looking at the purpose of the Holy Spirit's power. Acts one one. In my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything that Jesus began to what? Do and teach. You see there's a twofold process there. Not only did Jesus do, he taught. Not only did he teach, he did. Until the day that he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen uh, apostles further instruction through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Think about that. He had to prove that he was actually alive after he died. If you came back to me and I knew you that you had already died and I see you again, you're going to have to prove to me you're not a ghost. <laughs> Jesus was doing that. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. You're going to hear this phrase a lot, the kingdom of God. So a new information and they needed power that was given by the Holy Spirit. So that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. So they would know the new way of operating in the kingdom of God. Acts 1.8, very um, familiar. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses hanky section over here, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, the Holy Spirit enables Christians. If you're a Christian, could you raise your hand? The Holy Spirit enables you to do His work and to live kingdom lives. See, the truth of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit within us causes us to experience the fullness of God's kingdom. The Holy Spirit puts us on the playing field. The Holy Spirit puts us on the playing field rather than being a Monday morning quarterback. Now, here's where I want to bring in what I was getting ready to say here for a moment. We talk about everything that Abundant Life does, the church does. Okay, who makes up the church? Raise your hand, right? You make up the church. Without you being empowered by the Holy Spirit, without you doing the work of the kingdom of God, there is not laying hands on the sick at work. If Ms. Cheryl is not ministering hope and peace to people who are facing death, you know, we are the body of Christ. And church, I can tell you, we cannot do this without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it. Without your boldness to invite your friends who are unsaved, maybe not to a church setting. Some, some of our friends, your friends may not even want to step foot in a church, but they'll come to your house and you pray things like, God, empower me this evening as so-and-so comes over here and we're sharing a meal together, God, would you open up a conversation? And would you empower me and give me boldness by the power of your Holy Spirit? That's where transformation happens. So we can talk about all the things that abundant life does, but it's not an organizational way of doing things. It is an individual working of people who just happen to go to the same church together. And we get to say, praise God, look what has been happening. At Abundant Life, when we walk up and down this street here and we're talking to our neighbors, when you are in your cubicle at work and you're having a conversation, that is the power of God at work within His church. Amen? Amen. Every day, Holy Spirit, fill me. Let's look at the process of receiving. Eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Um, so what was happening here? The, the apostles and the other believers are waiting there at the moment, and they receive receiving instruction where Jesus says, "Do not release, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. I want to encourage you, if you have not been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll discuss that here in just a moment. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and yet you have asked, I want to encourage you to continue to wait. Can I share your story real quick? So, uh, two years ago, a year ago, December 20th, 2015, it's right there in your head. So Matt and I had been talking, we were going through the licensing process, and he had been eagerly seeking the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And an, an initial evidence of that is speaking in tongues, speaking a language as... This is all in Scripture. There's a teaching that we've had on that in the, in a while back uh, that you can, I think, get online. Uh, we won't go into all of that. But anyway, um, Matt had been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the fruit of the Spirit had been at work in his life, um, but he was just like, you know, I, I know that it's true, I know that it's there, I just have not experienced uh, that expression myself. The guys gathered, we went into uh, just a separate room, we actually went to their bedroom, and a bunch of guys were just gathered around, Matt still nothing, and I said, Matt, here's all I can tell you, you just need to wait, so all of us guys, we're going to leave the room, I want you to be with the Lord. So, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour went by and Matt comes out. And I'm just, and I, I looked at his face and I couldn't read it. And I'm thinking, okay, he's still going to have to wait. And I, his eyes were bloodshot and everything. And he said, I, it was just the most peaceful experience that I just ever had. And I began to speak in another language as the spirit gave me utterance. And there was that moment where he was willing to wait. Now, I want to talk to you, yes, uh, speaking in a heavenly language. It is scriptural. It is important to do. But that initial filling with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, church, sometimes we have to wait. And I'm going to give opportunity at the end of this service today to where you come to this altar and you say, You know what, Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me. And maybe you have had that initial uh, experience of being baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, but you haven't operated in that for a while. You know what you need? Not another baptism. You just need a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. He's there. He's there. But every day we pray, Holy Spirit, baptize me afresh today. Fill me fresh today with the power of your Holy Spirit because I can't people, but the Holy Spirit flowing through you does. You have to make yourself available. Wait for Him. Don't do anything without Him. Let's skip down to verse 12 in Acts chapter 2. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of half a mile. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were all staying. Here are the names of those, names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, and Judas. They all met together and they were consistently or constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and several other women and the brother of Jesus. We're going to see here in just a moment why it's important they listed the names of people who were there. First of all, they went and they waited. You may have to set your alarm half an hour earlier in the morning. You're thinking, you don't know what time I already get up so early in the morning. You may have to set your alarm half an hour early and just wait in the presence of God. Fill me today. I want to challenge you to do that this week. The disciples were with Jesus waiting. Mary, that was his mother, uh, was there waiting. They constantly had heard Jesus' teachings, but without waiting for the power, the information that they received, good information that they had received, it was God's word. But they said, we're going to assemble and we're going to wait, just as Jesus told us, for this power of the Holy Spirit, this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, what are the problems, what are the issues that we face today in our Western culture? We don't like waiting. Anybody ever used the horn in your car? Because <laughs> you're having to wait in traffic or you're having to wait because instead of getting your McDonald's hamburger in three minutes, it took five minutes to get it. We do not like waiting. The waiter takes forever to bring your food to the table. Uh, you're having to wait on your spouse. Now, I'm not about to say husband or wife because that could go either way. But you're having to wait on your spouse. We do not like waiting. So you're telling me I have to sit and wait for something invisible that I can't see? It's what Scripture tells us. And are you willing to go against culture and how we have been ingrained to receive more of God? Are we willing to wait Are we willing to listen so that we can hear the voice of God, so that we can be filled with the fullness? Here's another thing. Not only do we not like waiting, we prefer to do it ourselves. Am I talking to anybody today? <laughs> we want to do it ourselves. But I know that so-and-so can do it, but I can do it so much faster and so much better. God, let me help you with this. I know that worship the Holy Spirit will give us wisdom on how to do things and when to act, but He hasn't told us how to do it yet, and we want to move on anyway. And He's saying, wait to receive the power. Not all who heard the message to wait on the power of the Holy Spirit responded to the call. There were 120 believe. I just said that southern, 100. There were 120 believers in the upper room. 500 people saw him after the resurrection. That's in 1 Corinthians 15. Where were the other 380? Church, we don't like to wait. Can we be numbered with the 120 who are willing to wait for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? And not the 380 who said, just, the guy's dead now. We can't see him working. I haven't been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit yet, so it's just not for me. Well, that just goes against Scripture. Because, the Holy, uh, because Jesus said himself, you go and wait for this power. Will you be counted among the 120 or with the 120? Or with the 380 who did not show up? Is this the case today? I want to encourage you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, even if it means waiting. Now we're going to go a little bit deeper here, okay? You ready? I have to do that so I can wake myself up here. When you are saved, we're going to look at the difference between being baptized and filled. When you are saved, you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. He comes into you at that moment. It's not like you're waiting on the Holy Spirit to, to do that initial filling, being baptized with the Spirit. No, He is with you to comfort you, to lead you, and to guide you. This is that initial, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, that says, But we have all been baptized into one body by one Spirit, and we all share the same Spirit. Again, that's 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. if you're taking notes. You don't have to wait for that. When you receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit is there. He brings you just that peace and that joy and that comfort of knowing that you have a new life. However, the filling does not remain. That's why I go back to every day being filled. Holy Spirit, fill me today. Give me fresh manna for today. Feed me for today spiritually. Um, Acts 2.1, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Now notice this. They heard this mighty windstorm. It was something that they heard. It sounded like that. This was a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit being ushered in. Then presence came in with power. So this is the difference of being baptized, which is the initial evidence versus, uh, of being saved, versus um, or alongside of being filled where there's that power to witness. See, it comes from an experience of, okay, this is what God has done for me, to being filled uh, with, baptized, you know, with, with the power of the Holy Spirit to where it is now flowing from me. So one is resting upon me, the other is flowing out of me. And that's what the, uh, God is calling his church to today. And a spirit, um, this whole suddenly waiting, waiting for the power, uh, being uh, baptized, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual decision to not give up until God shows up. I want to encourage you in this church. If you have not yet received that fullness of uh, empowerment of the Holy Spirit, don't give up until God shows up. Are you waiting today for a a, a miraculous filling in your life? Are you waiting for God to use you to lead other people to Jesus? Keep waiting on his empowerment. Some of you are facing situations where you need God to show up powerfully. Am I speaking to anybody today? God, I need you to, I need you to show up. Um, We were regularly because it was very good matter of fact can we go back for lunch today take us we'll be there by dinner um take us about six hours to get up there but uh we got to know the not the owners of the place but the the couple who basically her parents owned it they ran it he cooked and she waited tables uh but it was a wonderful uh hispanic couple um Ruth and Jose were their names and so we were getting ready to pray one day and Ruth had brought us because we had eaten there so many times and I had went on my Facebook and hashtag you need to eat here Foursquare square people they got a lot of business so one day they brought us out oh my lord we're on this no sugar no grain thing but it didn't matter at this moment they brought us out deep fried Oreos to thank us drizzled with oh my word seriously we can make it there by six o'clock tonight if we leave right now but just her way of thanking us. And I said, how can we pray for you? And she said, we are facing something where we need a decision. So we gathered around her and we prayed for the Holy Spirit to give them wisdom in their lives. Church, that's what, that's what it's all about. And we prayed, you know, as we were praying over them, Lord, just reveal to them. They are in a process of waiting right now for God to show up. They need a miracle. There are people all around you who need a miracle. And the power of the Holy Spirit ends on them. You agree with them. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is an ongoing process. Acts 2.4, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The Holy Spirit showed up and filled those who were waiting and did supernatural things through them. You can tell someone who has been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because signs and wonders follow them. How do you know if you've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? Are signs and wonders following you? And that's a tough question to ask. I've asked myself that on a weekly, on a monthly basis. And I'll have to be honest, I'm a pastor, and sometimes I can look back over the last week and think, have I even prayed for anybody this week? And and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, in here I pray for my church family. Yes, I do that. I'm talking about going up to somebody, laying hands on the sick, agreeing, you know, somebody tells me that, you know, their uncle's not feeling well. Can I pray for you right now? I've said this before, not one of these things, well, we'll be praying for you. No, you pray right now and expect God to show up. And when you start out your day, Holy Spirit, fill me right now with power. You know what? He's going to know that he can call on Jen because Jen has made herself available that morning. He's going to say, all right, Jen, I'm sending so-and-so your way. You be ready to pray for them. Watch out your day so that you can be ready for the Holy Spirit to work within you. Hanky section. That's, I'm telling you, church, that's powerful. I'm about to amen myself. I know y'all are quiet this morning. I'm about to amen myself. Amen. Amen. Yes. Expect God to work through you and in you. Does the fruit of your life show the supernatural of God? Miss Vicky? if you'll come on up, we're going to close out with this. Um, If you are saved... You have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. That initial, just as Jesus when he was baptized in the water, and uh, you know that, that that moment the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a as a dove. But have you been filled with that supernatural power, church? This is available to you today. And just if you will, I know we're seated right now. I'm going to have you stay seated just for a few moments. But I want you to uh, bow your head and close your eyes and the only prerequisite for being baptized uh, for being filled afresh for being filled initially with the 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 power of the holy spirit is to be a follower of jesus christ to receive him as your lord and savior Um, basically acknowledging that you have sinned you no longer want to sin you don't want sin to have dominion over you god and that he died upon the cross for your sin, did something that only a couple people have ever done, and that is he rose from the dead, and did something that no one else has done, is that, that is he ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he is making intercession for us each and every day. If you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I just want you to slip up your hand quickly so I can pray for you. I want to know who I'm praying for. Anybody at all? You want to receive Jesus today?